Welcome to Around the Corner. I am Matt Schlichten, joined as always by Brian Hemminger. Brian, how are you? It's good to be back. Yes, it is. I know it's been a little while since we were last able to podcast, but we come bearing news. We cannot bring gifts because we are not physically present when you listen to this podcast, but we give, we, them, we, <laughs> we give them the gift of our voice and knowledge. Who are we to deny the people knowledge? There we go. So with no further ado, we will move through our top 10 prospects list, but I think we have a, a small housekeeping note here at the top, correct? Um, yes. Uh, Tristan McKenzie did graduate, so he no longer has his official rookie status. So get out, cool. Tristan. <laughs> Leave and never return. Yep. Get out of here. I think Bobby Bradley <laughs> also graduated. So Get out, fun. Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've had we've had a, quite a few. Um, you know, Chang graduated earlier, and uh, I think Karen Check graduated last year. Uh, Class A's got to be getting close, or it, he may have already. I know. I think Sandlin did as well. And it's exciting to see that, for the most part, these are guys that are getting opportunities at the major league level as well and contributing. Especially in Bradley's case, not only is he hitting home runs, but he is taking like centerfold pictures. Apparently, yeah, he's he's stealing hearts. And I think you know, I think the thing that excites me the most when you know players graduate is it gives an opportunity for some other players to get some shine. Like when somebody graduates, MLB Pipeline just, you know, doesn't just pretend they don't exist anymore and drop it down to our top 29 players. They throw in somebody else. They were able, because of all the graduations we've been having lately, they added Richard Palacios back to their top 30, Ernie Clement, your boy, who <laughs> may be losing his rookie uh, or his uh, prospect status. He, he's in there now, and John Kenzie Noel, who got off to such a strong start for Lynchburg. So they are all now listed on MLB Pipeline's top 30. But the one thing is when, before they kind of re-rank mid-season after like taking a look at like how people are performing, when they come in, they are literally just filling it in. So it's like 28, 29, and 30 right now. But honestly, I would have those guys a little bit higher. Let's uh let's get right along here. So Nolan Jones, he has been playing pretty well. And I know that there's some rumblings about him potentially coming up soon, but it did not happen today. We had uh you know Oscar Mercado got the call when uh with Josh Naylor's injury. I mean I mentioned that if Nolan was gonna get a chance, it was probably gonna be because somebody else got hurt. And, you know, unfortunately Naylor is done for the season and uh, they decided to go with Mercado, who had been playing pretty well as well uh, at the minors uh, for the past month or so. So, you know, he deserved it. Um, you know, he at least deserves another look after, especially after what he did the very first time he was up. Uh, maybe not last year, but, um, you know, the potential is there. So we'll see if he can make the best of this situation because, you know, Zimmer was doing great and now he's striking out way too much and just not showcasing enough pop with his bat so the oppor yeah the, yeah the opportunity is there for mercado to seize it and if he doesn't then somebody else is going to get that chance because we've got you know daniel johnson we've got nolan you know knocking on the door and our friend mr jones can only control what it is that he can control and the past week 300, 300, 700 for a fancy little slash line, according to what I'm looking at here. He did, you know, have some nice extra base 
pop this past week. It was really weird that he didn't walk once. That is like kind of his calling card. He made up for that by making, when he did make contact, making really, really good contact. I mean, three doubles, a triple, and a home run. Yeah, this is where I wish I could easily see how deep he was getting into counts. Because if he was sitting like 2-0, 3-0 half the time, then no. Like, I don't want to see walks if they groove one to him, right? I want him to swing at those. Uh, what's interesting is I think Fangraphs has him projected, like, if he gets called up, that his WRC plus would be about 100 at the major league level. Ooh. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. It is. Moving on, we have Tyler Freeman and got some bad news with Freeman. He's not on the injured list, but he has not played for a week. Um, basically, he took a big cut at a, you know, during an at bat and kind of tweaked his shoulder. And from what I heard, they don't think it's like super serious, but they are being extremely careful with him. I mean, as careful as you could physically be. So for the moment, uh, they are just saying, hey, we're going to hold you out and we are going to 100% make sure you are good to go. I mean, you saw what just happened with, what is it, Starlin Marte? You know, had a little hamstring thing and they rushed him back and now he's back on the injured list with after re-aggravating the hamstring thing in his first at-bat. And I feel like Emily Walden had reported on... Tyler Freeman here. Haha. Yeah, she on the 27th said potentially he'll be back for the next series, but he is going to be day to day moving forward. So hopefully we see him shortly. But again, like you said, <laughs> the number two prospect in the system, <laughs> there's no rush. Come back when you're healthy. And then uh, Bo Naylor, on the other hand, he's been doing really well. So over the period of June 22nd to June 26th that he's been playing uh, over four games, he slashed 357, 400, 357. So no power, but uh, went five for 14 with a walk. So he's you know making some good adjustments. Seems like he is slowly starting to figure things out a little bit, kind of like he did last year where, you know, or two years ago, when he made that big jump, skipped a level, and went straight to full season ahead of like all of his other peers. And right now he is ahead of all of his other peers, one of the youngest players in AA. So, you know, struggles were expected, as we've talked about in previous podcasts, but um, it seems like he is starting to very slowly uh, figure things out at AA, which is a great sign. And he got some really good news today. Uh, he's going to be the Indians representative in the Futures game. Which is really cool. I know there was some debate. I heard you and Lions talking before about why they might have picked him, but it's a great nod for him. And yeah, the other thing I'm excited about is if he keeps improving at the rate he has been, then I think by the time he's 28, he'll be hitting like 700, 800, 900 for the Indians. And I can't wait for that. That would be nice. <laughs> we, we may have to go through, you know, some growing pains, you know, some, some Perez-esque... No, progression, is, progression is perfectly linear, Brian. We know this. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, it is a good sign. So hopefully uh, he can take advantage of uh, all these opportunities he's getting. And then next up, we've got George Valera. And I have a quick question for you on him. It looks like this past week he played like the 23rd, the 25th, the 27th. Is he just getting off days here and there? Uh, and I believe they have been dealing with a lot of rain issues as well. So that has been affecting their chances. 
But yes, he only did play three three games this past week. And I, I'm sure he did have a couple off days as well. So in those three games, he went three for 11, uh, had a triple, scored three runs, stole the base, was hit by three pitches. So maybe that also could have affected <laughs> that he didn't play every game. Coach, I'm sore. <laughs> no walks, but he took three for the team. Maybe maybe they weren't appreciative of his bat flips. I don't know. So yeah, <laughs> I think they're so glorious that, dude, I would groove one to him just to see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe this is why I never quite made it <laughs> as an athlete. Uh, then uh, next up, we've got uh, Gabriel Arias. And he had a sensational week. Sensational week. In fact, he is one of our top five for the week. Spoiler alert. Um, Arias in five games went seven for 18 slash 389, 450, 611 uh, with a double and a home run, walked twice, scored eight runs, and had a 183 WRC plus. So that was smoking. I mean, what more can you ask, right? He could have hit another home run. <laughs> I mean, he is 21 years old at AAA, and he's doing that. That is so exciting. It's very encouraging, and he's not even the only shortstop on that roster right now who's raking, which is just funny. Oh, yeah, me, we'll get but... there. We'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, our middle infielders are performing at a very high level right now. Uh, next up, we've got Daniel Espino. He just made the one start last Wednesday. Is that correct? Yes, he's actually starting. I believe he is just finishing his start today as we are talking uh, because they are having a doubleheader and he was pitching game one. So of course, it's a doubleheader. Yep. So because of all the games that they've uh, unfortunately been missing. But in his one previous start, he went five innings, uh, shutout innings with eight strikeouts. So elite, 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 elite. Only had one hit allowed. So... He is doing great. He is living up to all the hype. I am all aboard the Daniel Espino hype train. As you should be. Yeah, because, I mean, he is, uh, let me double check, 20 years old, throwing 101 miles an hour and just murdering people. So that's really, really exciting. Uh, I can actually pull up his stats from today's game quick, too. Uh, Let's see here. It looks like he is still pitching right now uh but he has gone five and a third and struck out 13 with one walk excuse me yeah (laughs) so that's exciting that's phenomenal i i had heard that he struck out eight in his first three innings (laughs) okay so he is keeping that pace unfortunately he has been the victim of extreme batted ball bad luck because one walk, four hits. How many runs do you think he would be allowing in that? Having given up, having a whip of one, less than one over five and a third innings. Given that the standard absurdity factor for the universe is exponentially increasing daily, I'm going to say seven. No, it's four. But... <laughs> it's still ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, because they don't even have any errors or anything. So there are literally only five people that could get on base and four of them have somehow scored. He is in line to take the loss, striking out 13 and five and a third. <laughs> so, yeah, I think I think I know what I'll be typing about tomorrow. Uh, no my, kidding. Uh, minor league recap. What else can you say except fuck kid? I don't know. <laughs> Tough luck. 
Yeah, but let me check. How many pitches is he at? Yeah, 84 pitches. So he's in line to go six innings if he can uh, keep this up. That's that's one that, yeah, like you said, you just chalk up to bad luck, distribution, whatever. Our next contestant on Around the Corner is Brian Rocchio. Ah, yes. And uh, Mr. Rocchio had an interesting week. Basically, he played three games, just like, uh, you know, Valera. No, he played four games because they had a doubleheader on one of the days. And he didn't do half bad. He went 5 for 17, slashed 294, 368, 412. Had a nice little uh, 119 WRC+. plus. Had two doubles, scored four runs, stole a base, was hit by a pitch, had a walk. So... Uh, well above average as, you know, a recently turned 20-year-old at high A. Can't ask for more than that. Not realistically, anyway. So, yeah, keep it up, Rokio. Then uh, our boy Aaron Baracco as well. You know, that killer trio on Lake County. Let's see. I'm assuming that he played a similar group of games. Yeah, he also played four games. Did not have quite the same week. Only went three for 16 with a 188 batting average, although on-base percentage was 278 because uh, he did walk a couple times, but uh, and did not hit any extra base hits. So not his best week, but that's okay. You can't always be amazing. We will not remove him from the podcast, although he technically does meet the criteria for elimination. <laughs> and then... Uh, obviously still no updates on Ethan Hankins. And then, uh, last but not least, Josh Wolf, who I have a bad feeling is going to be dropping out of our top 10. He had one start this past week and he went two and a third innings, gave up three runs, two earned on four hits, didn't walk anybody and had four strikeouts. It just doesn't seem like he's shown anything particularly... I, don't, I hate to say he seems like he's just a guy, but I don't know. Uh, I mean, maybe it's just that back. we haven't seen enough of him yet. He is new to our system, right? I mean, they they are still stretching him out. He is all, like the longest he has pitched all season is four innings. And oh, I am being way too hard on him then. He did have three times that he's gone four scoreless innings, but he has balanced that out by having. Some really, really bad outings. Like he had one where he went four innings, but gave up seven runs. Or one where he went one third of an inning and gave up five runs. I mean, those are going to skew your numbers. So for him, it's he needs to be more consistent. Like his first start of the season was sensational. He went four innings and struck out seven uh, with one walk. And then he's just kind of been up and down and up and down and up and down all, all season now. And it's, I guess, it's always tough for these guys in the minors, too, because I, I think we've talked about it on the podcast before, and some of, like, Justin Lotta, Gage, some of the other writers on Indians Twitter, you never know when a guy is told, like, hey, you can't throw your change up today unless you get to 0-2, right? <laughs> uh, before this season, he had only pitched eight career innings, and that was back in 2019 in, like, the Rookie League. I'm so sorry. I... <laughs> Because he was a high school pitcher. Yeah, he was a high school pitcher drafted back in uh, 2019. I am so sorry. I said he might just be a guy. I retract <laughs> that statement. He may very well still be a dude. Yeah. We shall see. <laughs> he definitely could still be a dude. But I'm, I I, I will completely understand if people would, you know, be more interested if we were following along somebody 
that was be having a bit more of an impactful season so far. <laughs> Such as one of the five names to follow. Good Lord. <laughs> uh, we have had some really interesting top performers on. We're going to kick it off with Oscar Gonzalez again. This guy has been a revelation this year. Like he has always been interesting. Like in the previous, you know, he, he was one of our, you know, unranked guys that we were following along throughout the season. Uh, it's time for him to start getting some love. It really is. This past week at double A, he played seven games, uh, slashed 462, 500, 846. Uh, went 12 for 26 at the plate with four doubles and two home runs. He even walked twice in the same in the same game. Yeah. This is the guy that I think entered the season <laughs> with like a two percent career walk rate. Well, they this is they gave him the yeah, ball the first time he they, drew a walk. They <laughs> saved the ball like it was some of his first career, you know, strikeout as a pitcher or first career hit. Because <laughs> it took him like two months to walk his first time. Uh, back in uh, 2019, yeah, he's um he's hit the Django point where he had my curiosity, but now he has my mm-hmm. attention. I'm I'm all in he, on Oscar Gonzalez now. This is fun. Right now, he is leading. Like it was hilarious. Uh, Indians Pro on Twitter posted his rankings in the Cleveland system in like every offensive category, and he just basically put like you know batting average, home runs, doubles, triples. All the way down, WRC plus, uh, on base percentage, OPS, everything, all the way down, and it was just one, 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 all the way down. I think the only thing he's not leading in is like stolen bases. Uh, he's even leading in like outfield assists because uh, he's got like an eighty grade cannon arm. I am all aboard. Let's, you know, what's funny is the first time he got like a s- sample of Double A, he did not play very well. Uh, this was back in 2019, um, but he is clearly responding. I know they just promoted Alex Call to AAA to you know because Mercado got called up to Cleveland, um, and Call deserved it. He's been having a great season at AA as well. But I mean, Oscar Gonzalez needs to be up there too. Like he is ready. Um, I mean, he is like we have not been protecting him in the Rule Five draft. We need to protect him this year. <laughs> like somebody is going to take him if we don't. Like I understand it. You know, you're you're certain that nobody's going to take him. You know, he people were worried about the the lack of walks and everything. But I'm saying right now, if they do not protect Oscar Gonzalez in the Rule Five Draft this November, he is going to Santander us. It's like that they are going to get Santandered, and they'll have no one to blame for themselves because at least Santander had not even made it to Double A, right? So like that still, you know, irks me that that that, that they were able to to sneak that one through. But Gonzalez is doing this at double A this early in the season. Yeah, he is and has the potential to do this at triple A. So he is close. Our next man up on the list is Gabriel Arias, who played five games, went seven for eighteen with a three eighty nine, four fifty, six eleven slash line. He managed to sneak in a couple of extra base hits, including a dinger, two walks, eight runs, and a WRC plus of 180. Yes, very, very nice performance by Arias, uh, as we mentioned, you know, in his top 10. But uh, just keep it up, you know. He is just like, you know, we talk about Bo Naylor, one of the youngest players at AA. Uh, Angel Martinez, one of the youngest players at AAA, or at a low A. Joe Naranjo, one of the d- youngest players at high A. 
Arias is one of the youngest players at AAA. So, you know, everybody's like freaking out that Wander Franco just got called up at 20 years old. I mean, Arias is at AAA putting up these kind of numbers at 21. <laughs> so, I mean, it is not that far off. I am I am loving that Clevenger trade more and more every day. <laughs> so, uh, next up, we have another AAA middle infielder in Andres Jimenez, who started the year at Cleveland. He was actually in our top five last podcast because he was on a seven game home run streak. What did he do this time? Jimenez went 10 for 25. Interesting slash line of 400, 407, 600. A triple, three doubles, a walk, two stolen bases, and the WRC plus floats up to 160. So he is still hitting the ball quite, quite well. He is he is locked in, so that's exciting. Um, I'm really enjoying what I'm seeing. I'm so glad to see, as we mentioned in the previous podcast, that he's not moping, that he got sent down, and he is just taking advantage of all these everyday at-bats and just becoming a better player. So, I mean, he is scorching right now at AAA. Uh, next up, we've got the one true Logan Allen. Logan T. Allen, <laughs> who... He has, he has won the he battle for supremacy. clearly won the battle, even though the other Logan Allen is starting today, I think, or is supposed to. Logan T. Allen had one start this past week, and he went six shutout innings with a walk and nine strikeouts. Only allowed four hits. He is just devastating right now. Clearly, this is what Jamie Renner was referring to when he tweeted at us. Logan Allen is greater than Logan <laughs> Allen for the questions at this time. <laughs> I'm slapping for like five minutes. <laughs> so that's been great. Uh, yeah, I mean, at this point, it's it's time to promote him. I mean, he has been doing this all season. He, ha- he hasn't had a bad start all year. Um, he has been great from day one. He stretched out enough to be putting out quality starts. So... Give him the opportunity to do it at a more challenging level. Like at this point, the only reason they are not would not be promoting him is they want to give him a chance to pitch at like his All Star game for the Midwest League and then get promoted. Like that's the only reason. I would actually be really curious to talk to some guys about do the minor league All Star games mean anything really? I mean, future game probably, but I don't know about the other ones. Yeah, I mean, I guess if you get invited to do a home run derby, sure, but. And so the last guy on our list, I find this hilarious, is who we were hunting, trying to figure out uh, who to round out the list with. And then Brian came across these numbers. And I think the, the answer was basically, oh, fuck. We're yeah. Dumb. How did we miss this one? <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> Brian Lavastida, um, you know, one of our best catching, hitting catching prospects in the system in four games, he went nine for 16 he posted a ridiculous slash line of 563, 556. Notice the on-base is lower uh, than the batting average. And then his slugging percentage was 1,125. So <laughs> when you're in the one yeah, dots yeah, yeah. they had to move percentage. a whole decimal point over for him. Like he was literally worth one and one eighth bases every time he had an at bat. That's how good he was. So yeah, Brian Lavastida was an absolute hoss, uh, scored six runs, hit three home runs, knocked in five RBIs, 
and had a mind-blowing 323 WRC+. And for those of you that don't understand how WRC Plus works, basically, if your WRC Plus is over 100, that means whatever percentage or whatever number past 100 is the percent that you were better than the league average player. So he was 323% better than the average player at high A. Like literally, it would take three other dudes and that's to make up for his production this past week. And that still wouldn't be enough. Yeah. He was a hoss. So well done, Brian Lavastida. Um, he also was added to the uh, MLB pipeline top 30. So they are, they are clearly noticing him. So that is exciting. Uh, this brings us to our next portion of the show, the Carnegie cupboard. So Matt, Let's hear about your Carnegie Cupboard, because I think you have some announcements to make. Yes, uh, Ernie Clement, Ascendancy, uh, has left the cupboard and presumably will spend his time on the countertop and or stovetop moving forward. And so I needed a new hitter to bring into the feature, and Clark Scolomiero is who I have settled on. He just got reassigned uh yesterday i believe and so is going to be starting in center field for lake county correct or have i totally lost my mind and he former 22nd round pick as you pointed out he was a community college kid 25 years old totally not a prospect at all but kind of some interesting numbers for his career manages to walk a decent amount strikes out a little bit too much but hasn't played since 2019 at all and still manages to put up some effective hitting numbers while being a speedster, stealing bases, not really hurting anybody on the team. So I'm curious to see how he does. This will be fun to follow. It's sort of a an org depth guy, maybe, but it's always fun with these players to see. Maybe he'll put on a little bit of a show and Maybe he'll have his Jerry Sands moment or something even better than that. And uh, my position player, Micah Priest, did not play the whole last week, so he was dealing with an injury before. He got activated from his injury, and he did great. Like, the entire week before that, uh, I just checked, and he, you know, put up a really good slash line, 385, 500, 615, with uh, a home run and, and two stolen bases, and he has not played since June 22nd. So, unfortunately, don't know what's up with him, if he's hurt again or what. But uh, hopefully he can get back out there because he is having a very good season. He just needs to be on the field. So wishing him the best in whatever he is dealing with at the moment. And then uh, your boy uh, Eric Mock, I believe. Yes. So he had one game in the last week, came in for three innings, gave up five hits, facing 14 batters, had an earned run, had a walk, had a strikeout. But hey. Uh, those are effective innings. So we will continue to keep an eye on him. Uh, I believe it was a piggyback since he did not get credit for the start, but he is stretched out as sort of that three to four <clears throat> inning role. And I'm still enjoying what I see from him. We'll just uh, we'll continue to write it out and root for him. And then uh, for my boy, uh, Francisco Perez, who has been one of the best pitchers in Cleveland system this year, sensational yes. uh he earned a promotion to triple a now the very first appearance didn't go so hot had some uh you know bad luck 
Uh, I believe a couple inherited runners when he left the game ended up scoring, not 100% his fault, but still they went to him. But in this past week, you know, that was over a week ago. So for the past week, he had two more appearances at AAA and returned to form with three and a third scoreless innings, only allowing one hit, no walks, two strikeouts. Now he didn't, he's not just blowing away hitters like he was at double A, but to go three and a third scoreless one hit innings with a couple strikeouts, that's pretty good in two appearances. So very, very good. He is clearly becoming one of our most interesting uh, left-handed pitching prospects in the system at this point. Moving along to transactions, I believe we just have... Uh, We've got... Quite a few, actually. Uh, I, I deleted them because uh, they were from uh, the previous podcast. But we'll just get it rolling along here. So Stephen Kwan got activated. Uh, outfielder Stephen Kwan got activated from the injured list in Akron. Uh, Nick Enright was promoted. He has been one of the best uh, bullpen arms at Lake County. He got promoted to Akron. Uh, Shane McCarthy and Aaron Pinto, both in Akron, were placed on the injured list. Um, McCarthy had been a starter, um, and he had right elbow injury. So we don't know how serious that is. It's the, they only do seven day injured list and they don't really specify other than just says elbow. So that's kind of scary. And Pinto was right shoulder down in Lake or uh, Lynchburg. Christian Cairo was placed on the seven day injured list with side discomfort. Uh, our boy, Jonathan Rodriguez was activated. Uh, from the injured list in Lynchburg. And Eric Mock, your guy, uh, was promoted back to Akron. So that was very nice. Uh, Alex Call, uh, with Mercado going to Cleveland, was promoted from Akron to Columbus. And then in a uh, move because of that, Daniel Schneeman, one of my favorite names in the Indian system, and especially if you spell it, because there are like, uh, double ends at the end on top of the Schneeman. Uh, but he got promoted to Akron from Lake County. And because of that, as a result, Scolamiero uh, got pulled from extended spring training to Lake County. We did have a little bit of sad news. Um, Hosea Nelson, who I interviewed way back right after he got drafted, uh, was released from the system. Miguel Yerez, an infielder, was promoted to Lynchburg from extended spring training. And this is kind of interesting. Um, they just started, like literally yesterday, the Arizona Complex League. Now, it's instead of the AZL, it's called the ACL, which is just silly because they named their league after a ligament. I assumed that Petey Halpin would be debuting in the Arizona League. And all of a sudden, you know, right at the last second, they pulled his name from the roster when you were looking it up. And I was like, why did they do that? He is now being promoted to Lynchburg. So he is going to debut as a pro in full season ball just at the same time that he would have been debuting in Arizona. So they are challenging him. Why play for a ligament when you can play for the Hillcats? Exactly. Um, um, in terms of anything else, uh, Justin Garza got promoted to Columbus, got to make his pro debut in the Major League Baseball, which is pretty exciting. Anything else stands out? Nope, that's it. So... A lot of, lot of moves, but a few pretty exciting ones. That brings us to our listener questions for the week. We will start with Izzo Nunzio, who asks, is Francisco Perez the most likely second lefty option should he continue to have success, or is it Henches sliding into the role? 
Goes seems to be fading. As yeah, an uh, Goes has been inconsistent. I mean, he did get to pitch for uh, Team USA as well, uh, Ghost did. So that was a bit of a unique experience for him. But absolutely, Francisco Perez at this point, I mean, he, he's been the best or one of the best pitchers in the Cleveland minor league system all season. And now he's at AAA, and it seems like he's settling right in at AAA as well. He is throwing, you know, mid to upper 90s with his fastball, and he seems to be doing just fine as kind of a reliever that can give you multiple innings. Because, I mean, he was a starter, and I I, I assumed that if he was just keeping this up, they're going to be like, screw it, let's get him to starting. You know, we need starters right now. But they've been pretty adamant that he stays in the bullpen. And at this point, he is one of our best left-handed options. I mean... Kyle Nelson has been mildly ineffective. He's kind of been bouncing up and down uh, between Cleveland and Columbus. They're kind of using him as a, you know, we need to make a move. Let's send Kyle back down type of situation with him. Uh, And Hentges has been inconsistent because, you know, the biggest thing that has always been his drawback has been his control. Um, And Perez does not seem to be having any issues with walks whatsoever. I mean, he is, his whip is practically negative i mean it's nuts so yeah that is low i mean it is one of the i believe the lowest in the system so uh he is keeping guys off base he is not putting them on himself with walks and he's striking people out at a ridiculous rate so uh yeah if he keeps this up i would not be shocked to see him be in cleveland as an option i mean at this point he might even be our best left-handed option honestly uh, but they are going to give the guys that are currently on the 40-man roster, like Logan Allen and Hentges and Nelson, the opportunities first. And if they do fail, then maybe something will open up. But he he absolutely is one of our top options at, as a lefty. Next up, it seems like for sure. It just depends on the success of others and what the team needs. So our next lister question comes from Billy Manzel 15 who asks, who from our overflow of middle infield prospects is most likely to be part of a future trade deal slash uh, eaten by Buntotron? <laughs> uh, I added question, that last part. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know. Uh, that question is getting harder and harder to answer every day, especially, you know, since Ahmed Rosario has been a revelation for the past two months. And that's making things difficult because we've got this just insane amount of players that can play shortstop and... I mean, maybe you move Rosario to second just because, you know, he is not a glove first shortstop, but he has been so effective offensively. You just can't take him out of the lineup. You don't want to DH him. Um, you know, he's too good of an athlete. He's too fast. Uh, so he's kind of making, uh, uh, forcing the issue as well. So at, at some point they are going to have to make some tough decisions and we do have that roster crunch coming in November. So there are multiple players that need to be added to the 40-man roster, including, I believe, Tyler Freeman, Aaron Bracco, George Valera, uh, Brian Rocchio. I believe Gabriel Arias is already on the 40-man. I'm not 100% sure on that. But if he's not, he needs to be added. <laughs> um, so, I mean, the smartest thing to do is clump a few of them together and trade for a good pitcher. like Because we need one right now, like a veteran pitcher. And it would be worth it. I mean, use use this, especially since these days, you know, prospects are at an even higher quality in terms of what they can get back. Like, because you're trading away like superstars and getting back like the team's like eighth best prospect. 
right? So you trade away one of these guys, you could get something really good back. Like prospects are at an absolute premium right now in terms of their value. So I would I think, say yeah. like anyone who's not on the 40 man roster today, who isn't Tyler Freeman, I don't know, man. Like we have so many players. I could see Owen Miller moved. I could see Arias moved. Freeman to me kind of feels like the one person they wouldn't necessarily want to touch. But boy, if the right offer comes across the table, I don't think there's such a thing as an untradeable player, right? Especially when they're not on the major league team yet. Yeah, because Cleveland is in that kind of mode of just keep winning, you know, not win now. It's keep the winning going for a long, long time. Shoot so, for 94 and let the playoffs be the playoffs. Yeah, it's exactly. And, uh, you know, and they're in that situation right now. Like they literally absolutely could go and grab a veteran pitcher that is on the market uh, with, uh, you know, a, a small package of prospects easily right now. I think uh, they should do it. They absolutely should do it. I mean, you're not going to be able to give an opportunity for every single one of these guys to play. And yeah, it could bite you in the ass down the road if they become a superstar, but there are just too many good middle infield prospects. That, I mean, they just have a bounty of them. Ask the Cubs if they miss Glaber Torres, right? Not so much. Well, maybe not this year as much, but the last couple of years they did. Um, but Banners you know, fly forever. <laughs> exactly. Uh, it was worth it for them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, our next question from Panda McLeo. I trust I'm pronouncing that correctly. When is Oscar Gonzalez going to be called up to Columbus and then Cleveland? Question. I mean, mark. at this point, he's the next man up to Columbus. I mean, if there is a need whatsoever for an outfielder there, like maybe Daniel Johnson gets called up. We have another injury or something. Daniel Johnson gets called up or Nolan Jones gets called up or something like that. Um, Gonzalez is absolutely going up. I mean, we've already talked about this. I mean, he is a stud. He is having a ridiculous season and it is only a matter of time. Now, in terms of Cleveland, they're probably going to make him prove himself at AAA because that is a bit of a jump. And that is, you know, the next thing right before Cleveland. So, you know, I highly doubt that if he even goes to Columbus and is hot for a week or something that they would call him up. I mean, I just... He's going to have to keep proving himself over and over again because, you know, people were doubters on him because he didn't have any patience at the plate. And yeah, his numbers are better this year than that department, but they're still low, like 5% walk rate. I mean, that's that would be one of the lower ones at the major league level, too. So he is always going to have some doubters and he's always going to have to keep proving himself. But at this point, I mean, he is just doing it over and over and over again. So. Um, there's actually one more Oscar Gonzalez question that was sent my way. I just didn't get a chance. Uh, it was sent to me on Twitter personally. So Matt Dallas said, is the current production we're seeing from Oscar Gonzalez consistent with how the tools project or is he overachieving? I would say he's overachieving, but with each passing day, you sort of have to scoot the floor up a centimeter, Exactly. Right? And on top of that, I mean, he has always had a good hit tool. I mean, he led he led the organization in hits back in 2019. So, I mean, the guy clearly knows how to make good, solid contact. Uh, what he's doing this year, though, I think that has been really exciting. He's, is, this is he's from another turning, planet. <laughs> he's turning some of that really hard contact into out-of-the-park contact. 
uh, I think with 11 home runs right now, which is leading all Cleveland minor leaguers. So, I mean, he has been absolutely sensational. So, yes, he is overachieving, but uh, in terms of, I mean, I, I think it's something he can continue doing. I mean, the guy just rakes. He rakes. He has raked at every level he has ever played at. I mean, the first time he ever played in the United States, he won the AZL MVP. I mean, he has been raking his entire minor league career. The only time he didn't rake was that when he got promoted to double A for the first time and high A to double A is the hardest transition in minor league baseball. And uh, I think his very first taste of Dominican summer league ball when he was like 16 or 17 or something. So, and I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt on that one because he followed that up with an MVP season at the AZL. So yeah, the guy just hits. It's just people have been doubting him because he doesn't walk and he's not patient. <laughs> but um, I mean, the tools are loud offensively and he's got a cannon arm. Uh, let me double check this quick on how many. And while you look up his assists. Yeah, I want to see how many he's had this year. He right now strikes me as you're playing out of the park baseball. It's been a while since you went through your like lower minor leagues. You just want to see if anybody's improved. And all of a sudden you come across a guy who like out of nowhere, his contact potentials, 115 out of 100. This seems to be Oscar Gonzalez. <laughs> he is on pace to set a career high in outfield assists. He has five so far to start. Oh, this my goodness. Yes, he, he has literally gunned down five dudes on the base path from the outfield. Yeah, just a cannon arm. Um, now, in terms of defense, I have heard, not heard the greatest reviews in terms of, you know, that he can cover the, you know, a lot of ground or make some crazy diving Zimmer plays or something. But um, if he can just hold his own in the outfield and then occasionally and, and keep people from like taking that extra base with his arm. That's going to do it for me with what he does offensively. You don't need a ton of range in the corners in Cleveland. Mm -hmm, exactly. Especially like left field where you don't even have to cover that much. You know, he could just be a Brantley. Yeah, Wrigley it is not. I mean, Brantley wasn't the greatest defensive player, but because he had a really good arm, like he was just const constantly gunning people down out there. So yeah, yeah, he I, played think, well. I think that would be perfect for Oscar Gonzalez. Next up, we have one last question here. Tim McCorb89601888 asks, which young tribe infielder will have the best MLB career? And he gives us a list of four to choose from. Owen Miller, Ernie Clement, Nolan Jones, or Andres Jimenez. So, Tim, I'm going to screw you with your pants on. You did not specify playing career. And so the answer is Ernie Clement, who will <laughs> go on to have a phenomenal MLB. broadcasting career. He, he did say MLB career, but yes, he did not say playing career. And Ernie Clement, if you have not seen his Twitter or like his social media, he is hilarious. I feel like he'll be in front of the camera one day. It just, it feels inevitable. <laughs> he, yes, uh, he oozes uh, personality. Um, in terms of playing career, um, I mean, you gotta say Nolan Jones. I mean, yeah, the, the tools the are so loud. Bet. Yeah. I mean, the guy just gets on base and he hits the ball hard with power and being a powerful left-handed hitter in Cleveland. I mean, what Cleveland. more can you hope for than having that short right field line to just jack home runs? 
I mean, the only thing that could hold Jones back is if he gets platooned, like if he cannot hit lefties. I mean, that's that's my only fear with him, honestly. Uh, everything else, I mean, he is locking in in terms of settle, uh, playing really well at AAA, like he is figuring it out. Um, still pretty young for that level at 23. My dream is that they start selling Nolan Jones nachos in the corner. And if Nolan Jones hits a home run and it lands in your nachos, you win a prize. A date with Nolan Jones? Brian, goodness. <laughs> I know we're enthused about the man, but goodness. <laughs> I mean, if you're willing to sacrifice a $20 helmet and nachos, you should, <laughs> you should get a date with Nolan Jones. So I'm just saying. A hearty handshake, at least. With your hands covered in nacho cheese. All right. That could be the new uh, grip. <laughs> the sticky substance. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what would you call that? It's just a cheese ball? <laughs> Swiss them instead of stick them. Uh, perhaps with that, we come to the end of the Around the Corner podcast. And as per... Uh, this is a tradition as long as I can recall. We will be reading a poem by the wonderful E.E. E. Gammings. All right, Brian, let's hear it. Are, are we ready to wrap things up? Let's wrap it up. <clears throat> a second baseman named Mike Freeman carried the fair demon. Bruce Willis's pretend that clandestinely tend exercised the tough Damon.